Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, everybody, this is the Vice Guide to Right Now, your inside look into the best of Vice. It's Friday, July 13th. I'm Chris Hardy. This month, we're featuring stories from Vice Magazine's June publication, The Privacy and Perception Issue. It's all about identity in the digital age. It's beautiful. You should definitely check it out. Today, we're talking to Vice reporter Samantha Cole about the rise of AI-assisted porn and the toxic culture that created it. Samantha first encountered Reddit user Deepfakes on a celebrity doppelganger porn forum. At the time, he was quietly pursuing his super cool niche hobby, which was using machine learning to realistically put celebrities' faces on porn performers' bodies. He started posting videos in late 2017, and then they became this kind of internet sensation. By early 2018, there were deepfake-focused subreddits and an app that let users make their own deepfake videos. And it made news around the world. But Samantha Cole explains it's essential to understand the toxic masculinity that allowed this technology to flourish in the first place. Here's Vice's Ankita Rao speaking with Samantha on the story. Hey, Sam. Hi, Ankita. So this story is a crazy one that you followed for quite a while. It all started when you found a dude on the internet called Deepfakes. Tell me about him. So this man who went by Deepfakes on Reddit... He was making AI-generated porn, which was, or still is, I guess, a um, way to make porn by face-swapping two people. So he was putting celebrities' faces onto porn performers' bodies. And the result was a pretty believable uh, video of someone having sex that never happened. And that all happened late last year. What were your interactions like with deepfakes? And what did he say his motivations were? I think at first he was very open with me because no one else was asking him anything about it. He was saying that he's not really like a professional researcher or programmer or this wasn't his like day job. So at first he was just kind of a hobbyist and someone was taking an interest in his work. And this all happened in Reddit direct messages. Eventually, I think his fans, I guess, got a little overwhelming probably. They made a separate subreddit forum where it was just called our deepfakes um where they talked about his work i don't think he probably expected any of that uh, which is why he kind of disappeared after a little bit and i think when people started pushing him about the ethics of it and whether this was right to be doing is when he kind of took his hands off it a little bit and this is not just about celebrities this whole ai generated porn started to affect normal people. How did you find that out? It was through kind of following what they were talking about in these forums. Um, There was more and more discussion of how can I do this using my friend from school's picture or someone's Instagram account. Can I do this um, using Facebook albums of people that I know in real life? Um, So those were the kind of discussions that were happening online. I actually talked to someone who 
um, is more of a minor uh, YouTube celebrity. So she had tons of images of her face out there and video, but she's not like Gal Gadot or Scarlett Johansson. She's just someone making YouTube videos. So that's when it started to get really scary was when we started seeing more everyday people being affected and not just these big name celebrities. And what could the victims of this do? Was there any sort of recourse for seeing porn of yourself online that you never made? There was not a lot of recourse to be had. Um, You could bring in some legal counsel if you had those means. There were um, some kind of revenge porn laws around this sort of thing, but there's not a lot you can do once something goes viral. It's all out there. Pictures of yourself are available on the internet, so um, there's not a ton to be done once something spreads that far. I think one of the interesting points that you flesh out in this piece is not just the fact that this is happening and that it's happening to people that are just not expecting it, but also that this is part of a very toxic culture online and on Reddit. Tell me a little bit about how that played out. Well, it's definitely part of a toxic culture and it's not new. And that's something that a lot of the people who were criticizing the coverage around deepfakes were saying, oh, this is nothing new. People have been making fake porn for years using Photoshop or whatever else to slap people's faces onto porn images. But this was totally different. In my opinion, it was another level of invasion of people's privacy. It's true that it's not new, but it's pretty easily accessible to anyone. And it was primarily used to harass women and to use women's bodies for people's entertainment from the beginning. And did Deepfakes know this was going to happen? Was this his intention? Or was this something that just got out of his control? I think it just got out of his control. He stopped talking to me after things kind of blew up. Once other outlets started picking up on this and probably started contacting him, he stopped responding to messages, deleted his account, stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't think he intended for this to be as big as it was. I certainly don't think he ever imagined that his Reddit username was going to be a noun now. Um, So, yeah, I mean, he told me that he didn't think it was a bad thing, that more people would be engaging in machine learning and learning how to do this stuff. And I don't disagree with him there. It's not a bad thing for people to learn how to do machine learning and things like that at home. But the way he was using it was what I took some issue with and asked him if he thought this was going to hurt people in the future. And he was basically like, that's not my problem. I think this happens a lot on the internet where somebody makes something and even if they shut it down, it never quite gets shut down once it's introduced. The subreddit that you had first found did get shut down, correct? Yeah. But have you seen this sort of pernicious thing continue in other spaces? I mean, as things were shut down, they uh, moved to different forums and different ways to share the data sets and the troubleshooting that they were sharing and the end results. But a lot of those also got shut down. Discord shut them down. Um, Reddit did, obviously. But a lot of places also said that they were going to shut them down and didn't. Like Pornhub said they were going to shut down some of the deepfakes they had hosted there and they're still up. So yeah, I'm not totally sure where they're putting all of it now, but I know it's all out there still and I'm sure they're still trading away. You often cover this world of sort of women online, especially in the realm of sex work and porn. 
Is there a space where it can exist where it's not harassment or where it's not demeaning or are most of the communities around this pretty much as toxic as this one? Um, I think it could exist in interesting and consensual ways. Um, And I think that would be the main thing is that the people whose images that you're using consent to them being used. So, yeah, I think it would be super fun to see someone, you know, commissioning deepfakes porn if they have the consent of the porn performer in the video and say they want to put their girlfriend's face on it or something and everyone involved has signed off on this um yeah i think that'd be really fun and i mean there are tons of applications for this in hollywood cgi that's being used now is pretty much advanced big budget versions of this so I think there is a space for experimenting with this stuff, but I think the problem is that they were taking things that did not belong to them and likenesses that did not belong to them without permission. And that's where all this really started. You can check out the full article in Vice Magazine's June issue or at vice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. And tune in again on Monday for another Vice Guide to Right Now. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, (laughs) you, you were different. Like you were real different. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>